episode one behind home plate. And yes, uh, despite all the rumours, the whispers, we are back and we've been given our very own show. My name's Jonathan Gould. As you will know, I'm not exactly a fancy baseball expert, but thankfully I have that role covered with the FB legend that is Mr. James Holden. Jimbo, lovely to see you back, buddy. Oh, it's it's been. I was going to say it's been so long, but it, it's not really. For you. you and I seem to chat every every single day. But uh, here in our happy place with our listeners, it's it feels like it's been a very long while since that happened. Well, I mean, we all know that obviously the the, the players and management got into a dispute. We had ourselves a strike. We had a, you know the whole thing shut down. Little did we know it was going to impact us, and we were going to go through the same. You and I arguing over who was going to spend how long on which program. We need to bring in somebody neutral to sort of decide what was a fair balance. And 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 as a result of our own selfishness, we've missed the first week of the the regular season. All I can do is offer our listeners huge apologies and basically say it's all James's fault. Yeah, I thought that might be coming out at some time. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, 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 we kind of feel we're extended spring training. Real life has gotten away for Johnny and I, but we are, we are here, and we're here every week, are we not, JG? We are. Well, that's that's the plan. God knows whether we're going to be able to achieve it. Uh, whereas, of course, you know, Johnny and Josh, for those of you who listen to both shows, um, is probably going to be more like a monthly output. We will definitely be looking forward and hoping to be with you each and every week. Uh, and of course, uh, you will, of course, see a number of characters flowing, I'm sure, between the two shows. But ultimately, we are now our own show. We're not part of the Johnny and Josh feed. How exciting to that. You feel like you've rid yourself of the shackles, Jimbo. Oh, very much. No, not really. <laughs> I think it, it'll be easier for people to find us. So, yeah, we, we should say we are a separate podcast feed now. So if you were subscribing via the Johnny and Josh feed, you now need to subscribe both. So please search for Behind Home Plate. Obviously, you found us here or you wouldn't be listening. But please do hit the subscribe button via your usual podcast provider. We're on iTunes. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on Google. We're everywhere you'd expect to find us. But you will need to subscribe separately. Uh, otherwise, you'll only get the monthly Johnny and Josh. You won't get us every week. Thanks. Absolutely. And of course, for anybody who is a regular listener, you will know that this is your show and we do encourage your involvement. So do email us the email address behind home plate pod at gmail.com. That's behind home plate pod at gmail.com. That hasn't changed. You can, of course, uh, contact us on Twitter uh, at BHP pod. Or if you want to get in touch with one of us uh, rather than both of us, then you can contact us via our individual Twitter handles. Mine is at Johnny M. Gould, M for, well, you can make your own mind up. It's M for Michael, but it could be master. It could be masterful, marvellous. You choose whatever you think that M represents. Uh, whereas Jimbo I is... Thought, I, thought we were on a, I thought we were on the clock today. You know, we are here, on the clock. You're absolutely right. I'm just waffling. <laughs> what you mean mentioning your Twitter handle is waffle? Is that what you're trying to say? I haven't even right. got it out. I haven't even said at Jam 99. At Jam 99. What do you think you are, a rock star? Anyway, we love to hear from you. Uh, we are nothing without our listeners, literally. So do get in touch. Uh, and the more you get in touch, the more questions you ask, the less work we have to do with the script. So it's a win-win on every level. That is true. That is true. Well said. Uh, so we're back and baseball's back and it's already very exciting. So, uh, yeah, lots going on. What are we covering today? Well, we're going to kick things off with our traditional starter. That's the first batter. Uh, we're talking hot starts. Uh, we are, as we know, just over a week into the season, already some big stories emerging uh, and some possible new superstars in the making. Uh, we all remember there were a few superstars who disappeared after about three weeks, but it was terribly exciting for a week or so last season. Are we going to have something similar this season? You have it every the season. The urinator back again. Yeah, the urinator. 
<laughs> I think that burger joint's gone out of business, by the way, that created the Yerminator. Anyway, batter number two. Uh, well, if we're going to do hot starts, we've got to do cold starts. Uh, literally, just look at every single one of my fancy baseball teams. Um, do I need to get rid of my old team? And what about those idiots that saw, thought that Shohei Otani was going to produce another fancy number one slot? I was telling everybody it was a one-season wonder. No one believed me. He's washed up. He's useless. Or, or, or not, but yeah, we'll come to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was waiting for your reaction there. I was deliberately being a, a, abrasive, and you, you, you just let me left me hanging. It's not exactly the first time. Banner number three is, of course, the suitcase, the most popular part of this listening. And that is, of course, back as we challenge Jimbo to find some real value on the waiver wire for your fantasy baseball teams. And we discover why he is the fantasy baseball legend and he has to give away all his tips and all his inside info. And we benefit accordingly. Now, uh, we are on the clock. So banner number one is up. It's a hot start. We've had a hot start. Let's get straight into it. This is, of course, the meat of the discussion. Uh, I mean, we are a whole week into the season. I know you keep telling me it's early days, JG, but the reality is, Jimbo, every single one of my team stinks and they're all having cold starts. <laughs> Quite possibly. So, yeah, before you kind of rush out, I just kind of, you know, quick look. Who has got the most fantasy value so far this year? So just look at the hitters. So thus far, there's some well-known names and a couple of surprises. Have a look at the top six. It's Jose Ramirez, Manny Machado, Luis Robert, uh, Miles Straw, Vlad Jr. and Seiya Suzuki. Well, and do you know what? I've got three of those in at least one team. So actually, I'm talking out my bottom as usual. Uh, I mean, Manny Mercado tends to be a bit of a slow starter. So this is a bit against form. Louis Robert, a lot of people were saying was going to be a top 10 fantasy player. Uh, and he was, what was he drafting? 40s, 50s? Yeah, yeah. It's something, I think ESPN had him very, very low, which seems bizarre, but uh, a number of other places. Yes, I know you've, you've cleaned up uh, in, in a team that we have together. We do, I think, have three of those players in that we one do. team. So. Yes, yes, yes. Not surprising. That's the only team I'm doing well. Why? Because I've got you as my wingman. Or should it be the other way around? I'm always your bitch. That's the reality. Right, let's discuss, first of all, Seiya Suzuki. There's a name I doubt many people expected to be in that list of hot starts, although there was lots of whispers. And it seems like the youngster is proving them right. Yeah, there were. I mean, it, it, it obviously says Suzuki came over from Japan in the off-season. He did have an incredibly strong record there. Uh, the, the doubts are really about, you know, not every Japanese import has been able to thrive and survive uh, in, in Major League Baseball. But I, I have to say, I mean, we're eight days in, and I think Say is here to stay. I think his numbers are entirely reasonable. He's getting on base. He's hitting home runs. He's in a good park. Um uh, yeah, I think he's 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 already a top 100 dynasty asset. I, I think he will go from strength to strength. And uh, yeah, he is somebody I would be looking to buy high on. If anybody is looking to sell him in your leagues, I would be all over that. Jimbo, we're in two teams together. And I've just realised that we've just made a trade offer for Mr. Suzuki. Perhaps we should have left this discussion for another couple of days until we got a response for Let, that trade offer. We, we've just shown our hand, haven't we? Absolutely. Uh, okay, a few others. Uh, this is one that interests me. Miles Straw. I thought he was just a cheap pickup for steals. He's doing an awful lot more than that. He is. He's getting on base. He's right at the top of the Cleveland lineup, and they've just rewarded him with a with a huge, I think, is it five year um, uh, co contract. So I think he'll be he'll be at the top of the Cleveland order for a, for a long time to go. And yeah, I mean, steals. We've talked about the importance of them in your fantasy team and in real baseball. And he's absolutely delivering so far. So I don't think he'll end up as a top six player or anything. But uh, uh, he he's not a flash in the pan. And I think those who have drafted him will be very pleased they have done. 
Okay, a few other names to mention. One that I've also got in one of my five teams, Connor Joe, uh, Colorado uh, outfielder, number 12 best hitter in the first week of the season. That's a bit unexpected, isn't it? He's, he's come so far, hasn't he, since it's, it's appearing as, as, a, as a Hail Mary in sort of October, in uh, probably August last year, and then appearing in the suitcase for the, the last few weeks. But he started really strongly. He's leading off against left-hand pitchers. He's, he's number six against right-hand pitchers. Uh, he's getting on base, and he's doing everything everybody dreamt he would do. And he's, he's been on the way for a while, an awful lot of leagues, but uh, hopefully not uh, no longer there in most of them. I, again, I, I think he's he's there too. He's not going to be a top 50 player for the rest of the season, but um, I I think he will be steady and he'll be very happy you drafted him at the end of the season. Here's one that I completely missed in my pre-season uh, uh, reading and research. You won't be surprised to know. Stephen Kwan, top 20, uh, but definitely a number one in terms of most chat and internet articles being written about. Everybody's saying he's the real deal. Do you agree? Uh I mean, I think, I think those who backed him, he wasn't a particularly highly vaunted prospect and he only started being mentioned in the middle of last year just to this phenomenal ability to get on base, to never strike out, uh, to, 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 to hit. So I, I think those people are very pleased. He's not somebody I have anywhere. Um, uh, yeah, I think he started great. I think it's a really positive story. Um, I think we've kind of seen the best of him. I, I, I don't think you're going to get I'm not sure he'd even get 15 home runs. I'm, I'm not sure he gets 10 stolen bases. So it, it, you get a lot of batting average. You get a lot of on-base percentage, uh, and it's a really positive story. Um, I, I don't want to tar, you know, I don't want to sort of link him to sort of this year's Yominator or anything like that. But uh, I think if I had Stephen Kwan, yeah, I would be selling him as high as I possibly could at the moment. Okay, sell high. Uh, one last one I want to mention, Owen Miller, uh, two home runs already. Uh, Cleveland first base. Cleveland, not exactly a ballpark that, a lot of people are anticipating big things from certainly not their hitting lineup tends to be no. much better from a pitching perspective, but he's I, doing I the business. He is. I think he's just had a hot week. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's, um, so he's don't a go crazy. He, 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 no, I wouldn't. He's not somebody I'd be, I'd be leaping for, but equally, if you need a first baseman, there's a lot around. He's hitting the ball well at the moment. If you can, you know, pick up players and drop them easily. Yeah. But I, I don't expect Miller to become a, a, a staple first baseman that we, we talk about long-term. Okay. Any names that I've missed? Do you want to mention well, just, 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 just two, if I may? I mean, players that I think we will be talking about at the year end. Uh, one is Tyler Stevenson, the uh, Cincinnati catcher. Yep. I think he started off very strongly. I think we will be talking about him as a top five catcher at the end of the season. And the other one is he's in the suitcase, but I'll mention him in now really. Uh, Jorge Mateo, uh, Baltimore. I think he's eligible at second base, shortstop, and the outfield. Um, he started his stealing bases, he's playing every day, and he is one. I, I don't think he's, he's going to be, um, you know, like, like um. Uh, Mullins, uh, uh, Cedric Mullins, even uh, of, of last year at Baltimore, but um, I, I do, I do think he's hugely underrated and it, it hardly on any rosters, uh, which I find really, really surprising if you need uh, any kind of stats and particularly steals. Okay, well that's all hot hitters. What about hot pitchers? Uh, who, who's come out and suggested that this is a breakout season? Any names that stick out in your eyes? I think I think there've been three already. I mean, I, I was to say there haven't really been a Cedric Mullins in terms of the hitters, um, say a Suzuki uh, possibly. But apart from that, I think there've been three pitchers who've come out and absolutely stamped their feet all over the place, and and, and absolutely we'll be talking about throughout the season. Uh, one is Tyler McGill of the Mets. He's won both his starts so far, eleven strikeouts, hasn't given up a run. Uh, second is Jesus Lizardo. 
uh, of Miami, who they picked up in a, a trade at the end of last season. He was an incredibly highly valued um, prospect, but never really made it work at Oakland. But suddenly, 12 strikeouts and five innings pitched and looked really, really hot. And the third is Alex Cobb, uh, yet another reclamation project for San Francisco. Quite remarkable what they've been doing. Again, somebody who was thought to be brilliant as a prospect and about 10 years on, uh, having never made it, suddenly is striking out 10 strikeouts uh, in, in five innings for San Francisco. And if you had to choose one of those three, if they were all available, but you could only have one, which one would you go for? Well, maybe surprising. I'd, I'd probably go for Cobb. I'd, I'd just look at, at what San Francisco have done in recent years with many of these veteran pitchers. And I'm not yeah. sure any of these veterans that San Francisco have had before have ever had the ceiling that Cobb was meant to meant to have when he, when he was a prospect. So if they can get something out of that, I mean, he's a slight injury risk, but that would be the one for me. But Jesus Lazardo, if he does another two starts like the one he had, it'd be him. And, you know, one that I like that's not even been mentioned in that list is uh, Logan Gilbert. Do you have any thoughts on him? Yeah, I think that's a really good shout, JG. He's, I only have him in one place, but he started off very, very strongly. Again, another really strong uh, prospect. It came up last year and we talked about getting all over him. Uh, and then he kind of he didn't really do very much. He started off quite slowly, got better in the second half of the season. He started off really strongly. Uh, Seattle's a great place to, to, to pitch. Um, I, I'm, I'm really happy with Logan Gilbert. Similar to what we talked about, Tyler Stevenson, here's somebody I'd be looking to buy high. If you can find anybody who's willing to sell you Gilbert, I think he'll continue to deliver like that all season long. I, it's funny you should mention uh, Seattle, obviously, the home of Logan Gilbert. Um, I bumped into an American on holiday with his wife uh, in the laundrette this morning. Lovely man, got chatting, started talking baseball, asked him where he was from, Seattle. So I said, oh, the Mariners. And I said how I'd been there on a road trip back in, I think it was 208. Um, and that for my money, they were the nicest people I'd ever met. I'd never been made more welcome uh, than we were at Seattle. And we were chatting away. And of course, uh, then this other guy comes into the laundrette who was from New York. So he started talking Mets. So we were having a great old chat in a, in a, in a British bath laundrette uh, with, with three baseball fans just enjoying the chat. And, and he mentioned something, this, this chat from Seattle, which I wasn't even aware of, that the Mariners are the only team that haven't just not won the World Series. They've never been to the World Series. Now, I never knew that. That's an extraordinary stat. I mean, you've got to be a long-term fan when you've never even been to the World Series. They've had they've had their chance, haven't they? In the Ichiro days when they won, was it 113 games in the yeah. season or something absurd? And, and I think, but the future is very, very bright. If you're a Seattle fan, the next five or six years, I, I think, are very, very exciting. With the uh, I could quote you on that, guy. Oh, absolutely. The incredible amount of talent coming through that system is, is quite remarkable. So it might not be this year, but certainly I think when we're talking 2024, I think there'll be a definite World Series contender. Well, I've got to go and get my drawing as soon as this podcast is done. So if I bump into him, I'll, I'll say, look, don't worry. The man that is Jimbo has assured you, you're in good shape for future seasons. OK, well, that's uh, batter number one. That's the hot start. This is the one I'm more in tune with. Batter number two, second up, uh, it is the cold start. Uh, and this, of course, inevitably is the section that'll, you're, no doubt you're going to name virtually my whole lineup. Should I be panicking? Because to be honest with you, I am panicking. Only teams doing well is the ones that basically you're managing and I'm pretending to be a part of. But the ones that I'm solely in control of are all disasters. I can't believe that, although I have seen the evidence in a couple of leagues. But, uh, I mean, in, in short, should you be panicking? No. you you just got to chill out. We're, we're some eight days into the season. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's quite entertaining. I saw a, a tweet this morning. It was a, a, an account called Database Hit. And they just put out this list of, this is the list of players who have yet to hit a home run this season. Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani, Chris Bryant, 
Christine Alex, Mookie Betts, Joey Gallo, Joey Votto, Donaldson, Trey Turner, Luke Voigt, Paul Goldsmith, Framil Reyes, Xander Bogus. Not a home run between a lot of them. So you, you've just got to chill and wait your time. Pretty much every one of those guys will end up with 25 home runs at the end of the season. Buddy, one of the leagues that we're in together that is my real bugbear league, I've got four of those players in that one team. Four. Four so-called 25, 30, 40 home run hitters, and then we've got a single one. Anyway, uh, slight concerns <laughs> about some of the older members of that lineup. I mean, the Joey Votto's, Josh Donaldson's, they are getting on. So would you be more concerned about them? Yeah, de de definitely, to be honest. I mean, there is an end of line for, for every player, and, and, and some will reach it. So... Um, you know, other players, I've got Charlie Blackman in the league that I picked up cheaply and I've, I've already dropped. I mean, who who knows? I think there's, you know, there, there's, uh, what is it, Father Time is undefeated or whatever the, the, the statement is. There should be. I mean, Donaldson's in New York and Botto's in Seattle. And they're two of the best places to hit that you can possibly get. But they've started off slowly and hopefully as the weather warms up, so will they. So obviously the, the, the message here is don't drop, don't panic, just... Just accept that it's a slow start, but the norm will return. That's the ultimate message you're delivering to our listeners. Yeah. If, if, if this six or seven games played had appeared in the middle of June, nobody would bat a eyelid yeah. because those stats will be lost amongst the, the, the six months of the season. It, it is solely because this happens to be the first six or seven games of the year. Yeah. Every player, Mike Trout, whatever, will, will go quiet for a week. Yeah. It's just some people are doing it in the first week of the season. That's all. Okay, Johnny the Jinx time. Uh, right, well, that's batters. What about cold pitchers? I could not believe when you consider how good they were last season, just how bad the Milwaukee Brewers top billing one and two that was Burns and Woodruff. I could not believe how terrible they were first time out. No, absolutely, and how excellent they were second time out. But yeah, I don't know what's happening in Milwaukee. Maybe they forgot to do their spring training, or they got everybody back a few weeks later, or something. But even Freddie Peralta, their number three, wasn't particularly strong of first time on the mound. So uh, yeah. thankfully, yeah, but Burns and Woodruff were much stronger uh, back home this week. And uh, given I've got I've got various shares of both of them, I'm, I'm kind of keen that they uh, they keep it up all, all year. So hopefully, uh, I think you know it's April, it's cold. It's really annoying for for our fantasy teams. I imagine it's an awful lot more annoying for them as as you know star pitchers. But again, they will all have several bad starts this season. Unfortunately, for some of them, it's the first game of the year. Is there anyone out there that right now, even a week in, you are slightly nervous about? I mean, I'm nervous about the fact that virtually every decent pitcher I've picked up is now on the IL. Uh, Lance Lynn, Giolito. Um, who else? Um, I've, I've, I think Stephen Max, there was a DCD on uh, as well. I mean, a number of pitchers, Jagged of Grom. Uh, that, that, are any of those that you're concerned about that, you know, hey, these things happen, they'll be back in a couple of weeks? Or is there any out there that you're thinking, no, actually, I really am wary now? Uh, I don't know where it, I mean, uh, all of those players, I mean, injuries happen. I wasn't expecting that for Giolito. We, we've got several shares of him in several places. He's a, he's a pitcher I really liked and thought could offer value yeah, in terms of delivering more than the, the price one paid for him. Uh, DeGrom isn't somebody I've ever gone for. I've, you know, he's the best pitcher in baseball bar none when he's on his game, but um, he's, he's just injured far too much. It's a huge shame. Um, I mean, just to, uh, it's very hard. I said two, two players. One, I, I traded in a couple of places off-season for, for Victor Robles, um, thinking that he might turn something turn something round and finally find some form, but he's he's started terribly. I mean, it genuinely could be the end of his career if he doesn't sort it out. Um, if you wanted one player, really, maybe Walker Bueller. 
Uh, oh, that's I another love. one of my pictures. Please don't say that. These are all my elite pitchers. I didn't exactly pit. I didn't exactly draft much elite pitching, as you know, because you told me a couple of seasons back that there's always pitching available on the waiver wire. There is, there is, and when we get to that, get to that suitcase in a couple of minutes, you'll be, you'll be a happy boy. But okay. uh, now, I think, I mean, I've happily have Walker Bueller. I think I've got him in one place, but he's walking a lot of a, a lot of players at the moment. He's walking too many batters, and that is not something you want to see. So, uh, I would want to get him get to his truly elite. Number numbers sooner rather than later he's still pitching fine but at the moment he's not he's not pitching like a top 15 player which is what a lot of people would have had to draft him at yeah i certainly did okay well let's move on then batter number three uh looks like i've struck out first and second uh, it is of course the suitcase yes everybody is back for those of you who are not regular listeners the suitcase is where uh we asked james to come up with a player that is rostered in less than 20 percent of an average espn league uh so first up given the fact that i'm about to go to an airport who are we packing this week jimbo because my teams really need some help I see what you did there, JJ. Yeah, yeah. Little segue <laughs> there, mate. Little segue. Yeah. The king of the segue. The king of corn. Oh, dear. Right. First thing, do not, at this time of the year, the waiver wire absolutely loaded. So, yeah, I'll start with hitters. Uh, your number one pickup, I mentioned it earlier, Jorge Mateo of Baltimore is a great stolen base threat. He's getting on base. He is a former. You know, highly valued prospect. It's taken him about five years to get here. I actually think he might be able to turn around at the end of the season and find him as a top 100, top 150 player. Who knows? Uh, but at the moment, hardly he hardly rostered anywhere. He's getting he's getting stolen bases, eligible third base, shortstop, and outfield. So well worth it. Uh, there's a bunch of good first base people around. Um, if, if you need some home runs, a bit of solid power, there's Christian Walker at Arizona. He's already hit two home runs. Is he going to revert to the kind of, you know, the, what we were expecting of him sort of two or three years ago when he was a top 120, 130 player? Um, G-Man Choi of Tampa Bay, he's only rostered in 7% of leagues. He's sitting very well. He's normally third or fourth in the lineup when he plays, and he's got a couple of home runs. And Rowdy Tellers of Milwaukee, rostered in only 3% of leagues. Good part to hit in. I think he'll be steady this season. If you need a third baseman, and I certainly do in one of our leagues that you and I play in, when I forgot to draft one because I thought Brendan Rodgers was third base eligible, uh, and I've been rotating ever since. Uh, Michael Franco at Washington is quite interesting. Uh, he's the everyday third baseman there eight rbis already uh shortstop elvis andrews of oakland uh is, is about as good as i could find but oakland i mean they're, they're they're actually scoring some runs already so you know they're not a strong team and everyone's expecting them to struggle but so far so good uh in the outfield there is some value to be had here i think oscar mercado of cleveland is really interesting another player two years ago he'd have been a top 100 or top 120 pick uh we've all forgotten about him he started off hot is he now delivering on the promise that we thought we were going to get two years ago? He could go 2020 this year. If he doesn't, we'll just get rid of him in another week. Uh, Tyler Aikman of Cincinnati is an, another one. Uh, and, and if you're really in a, in a big league, very deep league, Ben Gamble of Pittsburgh, uh, he is rostered in less than 1% uh, of leagues and he is an everyday outfielder and hitting well for Pittsburgh. That's what you're looking for, those everyday boys and girls. Okay, let's uh, focus on some pitching. Uh, and I've got to be honest, I'm struggling royally. One, because the people I've drafted are trend, tending to either be injured or useless. So I've been looking on the waiver wire for the odd pickup. And I, I mean, I just can't see anything out there. 
Yeah, well, the good news is that, that they are. If you if you just got to hunt hunt high and low, but uh, so I'll give you three players who are quite quite uh, just below the twenty percent threshold. Uh, Zach Eflin of Philadelphia. He's somebody I've liked for a number of years. If he's fair, he, he had a I think it was a knee that he was was um, he, he entered spring training a bit late, but his first uh, first turn of the rotation went pretty well. Um, Zach Eflin of, of Philadelphia, I really like uh, Matt Brash. Uh, who is a prospect who's uh, so a rookie this year coming up from Seattle, uh, less than uh, 20% owned again. Uh, he's somebody I'd definitely be looking at. He's got quite a high, uh, there'll be quite a volatile run with him, but if you're willing to, to, to gamble, he might get some great results. And Merrill Kelly, Arizona, is another one. Uh, he's been somewhere over the winter and sort of changed all of his um, mechanics, and he's certainly throwing several miles an hour faster, and the results in the first two turns through the rotation have been really interesting. If you're in a much, much bigger league with far fewer players, so maybe one for, for you, JG, two players I like, Reed Detmers of the Angels, I think, across the season, uh, yep. he will really uh, be coming to his own. And if you get even further away, Nick Martinez of San Diego, only owned in uh, or rostered in 2% uh, of leagues, I think he's a decent starter. And we move on to the closer watch. Uh, and I always amazes me that there's any closers on the waiver wire, given the fact that if you're in a saves league or even a saves and hold league, um, you would have thought that, that that if you've got a 14, 15 player league, everybody's going to have a couple of closers so there won't be anybody available. And yet you're suggesting there very clearly is. There are. Things have changed so quickly. So I'd say that the big one for me is Tanner Rainey uh, of Washington. He's only rostered in 10% of the leagues. He's always had the talent. He's never quite harnessed it. This season, he looks really nasty. Uh, he's got the first two saves of the year. Uh, I think there's potential at the end of the season he'll be a top 10 closer uh, going forward. So he's somebody I really like. Uh, Anthony Bender of Miami. Uh, we have picked up a couple of times. We, met, we mentioned him last year. At the moment, he is the closer in Miami. Uh, I'd say he's been stuttering slightly. He's got a couple of close saves, but certainly blown one, if not two. Um, how long-term that is, I don't know. But at the moment, Bender is the closer. And Jake Diekman uh, at Boston is somebody I like. Matt Barnes seems to have lost his job already. Uh, and between Diekman and uh, Hansel Robles, uh, they're sort of sharing out the saves for now. And I can't believe uh, that Hansel Robles is going to beat out uh, Jake Diekman for that role. Maybe he will, but uh, I'd be going for Diekman. Just to say very quickly on saves, there's a whole pile of what I think are spectacular relievers who could run into saves in, in a month or so. So okay. if you are speculating, Yoran Duran of Minnesota, super, uh, fantastic ratios, throwing really hard. Paul Seawold is the best reliever and a very loaded pen in Seattle. And Michael Givens, uh, maybe in, in, in Chicago, Chicago Cubs. David Robertson's looks great as the closer, uh, but with his recent health history, I'd be astonished if David Robertson makes it through the season uh, uninjured. Okay, well, that is the suitcase where we're giving you the challenge of finding players that are uh, rostered in, on average, less than 20% of ESPN leagues. The Hail Mary, which is what we move on to for anybody that's uh, joining us for the first time, is where we ask James to achieve the impossible and recommend a player that's going to contribute to your fantasy baseball team, but they have to be rostered in less than 1% of leagues. So these tend to be players I've never even heard of, mind you, until last season. I hadn't heard of Mike Trout. So what does that mean? Anybody in the Hail Mary, Jimbo? A slightly different way today. I've got, I've got somebody kind of steady who's so far from it, you know, is actually a veteran. So I've, I've got Garrett Cooper of Miami. He's an outfielder, first baseman, but he's batting every day. He's either second or third in the lineup. Uh, Miami lineup's much better this year. If he can stay help, help, healthy, even, uh, I think he'll absolutely be a staple in your lineups. I think he's a really good player and uh, hugely undervalued uh, uh, with less than 1% cost. He's that sort of player that I've picked up down the years. 
and dropped a week later and then picked up, you know, try to pick him up when he has a hot week or a, a weak opponent. But I don't think he's ever lasted in my lineup for long. So uh, um, that is a very interesting one. That is a his, health, his health has always been an issue, but if he stays fit and he stays in that place in the lineup, that's going to bring you counting stats. Okay, buddy. Well, uh, thank you very much for all that. And that, sadly, for all our listeners, this is episode one of season three of Behind Home Plate. Is all we've got time to, time for. We, uh, as always, are very thankful to you for listening. Um, do get in touch. Uh, and obviously, the more you get in touch, the more script we have written for us. So email us at behindhomeplatepod at gmail.com or contact us via our Twitter handle. The program Twitter handle is at bhppod. Uh, or you can contact us directly. Uh, my Twitter handle, at Johnny M. Gould. You decide what's the M stand for. Uh, and Jimbo is at Jam99, where he's trying to you know get down and rock with the youngsters. Um, as always, Jimbo, what a legend you are. I know that you're taking time out from a very busy schedule to, uh, to, to help me out on this podcast i couldn't do it without you um what are you off to do now have you you still got some more work to do or are you going to be spending time with the family you're very kind no no i'm i'm officially on holiday now so i'm in, in dorset for a few days i'm preparing for the family egg rolling competition uh are you having an easter egg hunt uh, we did that last week actually the kids yeah yeah we've, we've done the hunt we've got egg, egg rolling on on sunday we like to you know spread it over a number of weekends it's very pedestrian, I know, compared to your life as you're about to dive well, off. Well, you know what's happening today? I mean, we're recording this on the 15th of April. You know what's happening today? Johnny's flying off on another job. Well, no, no, I'm not talking about myself. In my life, what is happening today? The most important part of today, and I'll tell you what it is. is it is the 19th, it's the 19th birthday of my son, Tommy G. I did know that. Happy birthday, Tommy. Sorry, I did know that. We were chatting last night. And you completely forgot in the space of 12 hours. Exactly. Yes. The lovely Georgia. Uh, yes, his, uh, his new love, his new beau, uh, who is also at Exeter University with him. So, yeah, we've just had a lovely um, champagne-filled breakfast, no, uh, birthday lunch. Um, and, uh, and then I've got rid of him because I had a podcast to, uh, to record and, and I've got an airport to get to. Well, for, for him and for her, really, I think birthdays don't get any any better than a mention on the on, on the behind home plate show do they I think well i said to him you know this is going to be a special birthday we're not just having a champagne uh, lunch we're also going to give you a reference on behind home plate and he was virtually he literally had a tear in his eye um, I, I mean he was that moved uh, I, i've also just today managed to get him tickets for the tyson fury fight well, you see, that's much more like it. I, I was gonna say, <laughs> if any of our children between them you know, gave even the smallest <laughs> hint of interest in the world of baseball or fantasy baseball. No. I think it'd be us with a tear in our eye, wouldn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's not exactly helped by our partners and their natural aversion and negativity. True. I mean, that doesn't exactly enhance the situation, does it? I mean, having said that, I've taken Tom to numerous baseball games. I mean, it's usually in return for getting going to some ludicrously expensive shop somewhere in LA. Uh, I'd say, okay, I'll take you in there and spend a really ridiculous sum of money on a hoodie, a hoodie, go to Gap, it costs you 40 quid. You go to his shops, it's 290. But anyway, I, I then get him to go to a baseball game. So it's a nice little trade-off. I found that the whole of parenting is about trade-offs. I don't know if you've experienced the same. Yeah, it's a compromise, absolutely. But... Uh... We'll see. Right, come on, JG. Son, you're a man in a hurry. Uh, I am indeed. I need to go to the beach. So, yeah. You're off to the beach. I'm off to love the beach. it. I love I'm it. Off, I'm it's off a to glorious day. Yeah, exactly. Kind of handkerchief on the head. It's that kind of weather. But, yeah. Okay, well, I will part with the words Happy birthday, Thomas, Benjamin, Henry, 
gold. 19 today, everybody. Six foot five, 100 kilos of sheer gold muscle. It doesn't get any better than that. Jimbo, uh, you're not six foot five. You're certainly not muscular, but you are a legend. And I love you. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll be back for uh, episode two of Behind Home Plate next week. Not sure how I'm going to record it. I'm taking a computer with me to the UAE, uh, and hopefully we'll get something sorted. Uh, we'll have all our predictions for the season ahead and much, much more, particularly if you get in touch and tell us what you want us to say. From uh, James and from myself, thank you for listening to episode one of Behind Home Plate. As you know, the best scene in the house. Till next week, take care.